You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio. Once again, for the last time, for at least for this session, coming to you live from the Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. Say hello, everybody. Uh, this is uh, Dr. Corey Allen, and we're having just straightforward, honest conversations. Uh, although this time at the getaway with the live recording, my wife Pam's not joining. Is not joining me. Instead, I have a good friend of mine, Elise Thompson, who's going to be coming on the air with me, and we're going to dive into a subject that it's one we really, really need to talk about. But it's kind of an interesting one to talk about in front of a live audience. Um, but we'll get to that in just a second. So, uh, if you are new to the Sexy Marriage Nation, uh, where have you been? We're so glad you found us. And we hope you stay around in the way you can let us know what's going on in your world and what you want to talk about. Uh, send us an email, feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, or call us, 214-702-9565. That helps us, climb the, uh, that helps us just um, hear from you and set the topic and the stage and the questions that you want to have addressed. We also ask that if you like the show, jump on iTunes, rate and review, help us spread the word. So... Where we're heading with with Elise joining me is, um, first off, Elise, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Corey. And Elise is a, is a colleague of mine. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. But tell, uh, tell Sexy Marriage Nation who you are a little bit. Well, as you've already introduced me, I am Elise Thompson, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been in practice for about... 16 years, and uh, part of that practice is that I um, see couples, I do see individuals, and I see families, and I, um, I also facilitate a what I call a growth group in which we address the challenges of life and the losses of life. Right, and so where we're heading with today's episode of Sexy Marriage Radio is we've got to kind of wade into this world of grief and loss. And even to a lesser, maybe even greater extent, change, right? Because life entails grief. And so Elise is a colleague of mine that is trusted in that um, I have no hesitation sending her anybody to see. Thank you. Because I know she's going to do well for them and help them, particularly in the areas of grief and dealing with all that that comes along because it's something if you think about it as a human I've heard uh, I don't remember who it was I heard say this first but they think of a, a new birth is also the preparation of a new loss mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's just the world we live in and the finiteness of it and how things change but we have an email that came in a while ago and I want to use this to kind of set our conversation all right Elise so this is one of those things where a husband is talking about he and his wife, um, they've been um, married for a while, they're fairly regular with their sex, sexual activity, but right now, just recently, she's dealing with the loss of a loved one that was really close to her, so her father, her father. and now it has dramatically impacted their relationship, because it sounds like from the email she was very close to dad. And so she's dealing with grief and loss and all that that happens and all that happens plus all the business side that goes with that, right? Because when you step in 
right. to dealing with aging parents and loss. And if you have a mother-in-law still alive, you have to step, you know, so you're dealing with all, a lot of change, all kinds of facets. Yes. So his struggle is he understands completely having gone through a loss of his own parent a few years prior. He understands the grief. He gets it and he's trying to give her room and be supportive. But how does he also then approach her as I still want times as a wife with sure. you? Right. Because just because we have something impact us in one area doesn't mean all our areas change, you know, are, are off the hook. Right. 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 We still have... We still have roles as maybe a parent or a wife or a coworker. Right. That those those roles don't change, but they are impacted when we go through a loss. Right. And so, how do you start to see, what What do we need to do that would help him, and then maybe her? Because I think we can cover both sides of this. When you think that we can, we can cover the person actually with the f- point of the grief more, like a like a, f- a family member. And then the in-law side of it. Sure. Right? I agree. I think that we can address both. Okay. And at the risk of being too personal, um, you've had uh, a similar path that's kind of helped solidify who you are. I have. As a a therapist. I have. And I can can speak to... Please do. Yeah. I can speak to this uh, particular type of loss and the loss of a parent. Uh, Tim and I, we've been married for 30 years now. Congratulations. Thank you. And through our 30 years, uh, we have experienced several kinds of losses. Um, However, the loss of my mom 10 Mm -hmm. years ago was just a loss that, even though we knew it was coming, uh, was so intense that that sense of loss for me mm-hmm. was a, an incredibly intense time. She was my cheerleader. She was my encourager, right. my friend. Right. And what was it, I was it even more intense than you thought, knowing it, it could be happening? Because I, I mean, I, I know your story because we've been we've been friends for a while. Right. We we my mom had been ill for a while. Yes. And we did know that our time was limited. Um, I would say that. There's no way to be prepared for loss like that okay. except going through it. Okay. Going through the loss prepares you to go through the loss, and <laughs> it's a hard thing to and, say. Yeah, and I wish we could give better, <laughs> better counsel and hope to people I do too. at times, but that is one of those life-on-life terms things, isn't that it? As, that, you, as you go through it, as you experience the loss, you, you learn to recover. Okay. That's part of it. Um, One thing that as a couple that Tim and I experienced at that time was that I didn't realize at the time what a loss Tim was going through. Okay. And that my mom was very special to him. And so I was really focused on me and my pain or trying to help the children experience their pain and not necessarily mindful of how much he was hurting. And so there was some conflict there for us and some uh, maybe some distancing because I was just assuming he would know that I was hurting so much. And he was trying to deal with loss on at, at a different level, different place, because uh, we talked later and he said, you know, I've not really gone through loss in my life. Losing your mom... That was kind was, of his entry into this. His entry into um, 
experiencing that degree Mm -hmm. of grief. Okay. So that's kind of an interesting thing to land for a second to me is, are there some things that a person that's going through something that it, it means something to them because it was blood relative. I mean, it was mom, right? right? Are there some cues or markers or questions that that person could ask or the spouse could ask that help at least bring it up a little closer to real time of, you know what, you're not the only one that lost someone here. Mm-hmm. That you're mm-hmm. not the only one going through this. Because it seems to me that, I mean, we've had this experience with Pam's father having to deal with loss from cancer and I was able to kind of walk along and see her and I had mine and you know but it is one of those how do you make it be known that we're both going through this together although differently but we could still be allies maybe in this yes I think that um I think that one thing that I would like to share is learn from our mistakes, but also learn from our successes too. Yeah. Uh, we, we didn't right at first recognize what was going on. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, Cause you almost can't maybe, 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 okay. you know, I'm going to give myself and Tim grace on that because yeah. we were just doing the best that we could yeah. at the time. And we were trying to help our children yeah. grieve. Well, there's an element of grief I know I'm getting into your wheelhouse here for a second, so I'm going to act like I know that this is mine. Um, (laughs) But it seems like to me there's an element of grief that has a practical nature to it of life still has to keep going and existing and the business side of things have to go along and you have to take care of these, which like Tim was pointing out, I was maybe dealing with other stuff that I never actually went through it also or, you know, so... And so I can speak, I can speak to that uh, from really some different ways. Okay. And so I would say yes. Your your question originally was, you know, are there some ways that you can talk, some ways mm-hmm. that you cues that you can give each other? And I would just say, first of all, that has to start with some self awareness. Yes. And to say to realize, okay, I am really hurting. Right. And to be honest with each other. Um, you know, maybe some of that goes back to my family of origin where I felt like that I had to be so strong and tough and right. not and not tell Tim I'm okay. I'm really hurting. And because the rule in our family was to be strong and tough, you know, <laughs> don't in fact, show hurt. I learned from my mother that we don't cry at funerals. You know, that was the family of origin rule. Okay. And so that, of course, as an adult, I learned that it was okay to cry at funerals, uh, right. especially at my mother's funeral, right. which the irony there. Uh, so, so I would say just that being able to say, this is, I'm hurting, this is what I need. The stages of grief, I mean, Kubler-Ross started off with the uh, five stages right. of, cre- of grief, and those are helpful. And then they've been expanded. I think Norman Wright has a very good model of the stages of grief. They are a map, but they don't tell us how to get through grief. Right, because it's not and necessarily an order or a it's process. It's very recursive, it's a, yes. yes. And they can kind of give you an understanding, okay, this is normal to okay. go through this. And so they can give you talking points. And so you can go to your spouse and say... 
I really need some time. I need some space. I'm in that isolation kind of place, and I need to just kind of spend some time in my head and work through this. My rule of thumb there, though, is don't go and isolate and withdraw more than 24 to 48 hours, maybe a weekend. Okay. Okay, but then okay. reconnect. Where if you are the kind that you want to hole up and, and kind of shut down, withdraw. Exactly. To kind of regroup and reestablish or deal with stuff. And be tough. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But okay. it is that idea of, I like that counsel yeah. of 24 to 48 hours is, is maybe the max. And then... for I That's my rule. Uh, I like that. I think that's beneficial because there's something about... To me, this is that whole idea of there's not an exact roadmap for most of the things we deal with in life. Exactly. But there are some parameters or rules that can help. Yes. And so maybe if I can have self-awareness to realize, look, I've holed up for a weekend. I need to do what I can to muster back up and with other people. Now I need to reconnect. Or it could be a spouse's job or process that they could step in and go, You've been gone for two days. It's time to come back in and get engaged for a little bit and, and collaborate and sure. glean from other people to help you with this. And that can be communicated in such a loving way. Absolutely. You know, such a loving way of how are you doing? Was that long enough? You know, what okay. can I do for you? And for the person, you know, in the in the situation that we're talking about where we have one partner has lost a spouse, uh, I think that um, I think it's also important, and I think oftentimes we do think this, but maybe not as intentionally as looking to the needs of the rest of the family. And so it's finding that balance, right? Because sometimes we go too far as women <laughs> into looking into the needs of the family, and so we're really not taking care of ourselves emotionally, or at least I'm. I can speak for myself. <laughs> personalize that personalize statement. Personalize okay. that statement. Maybe not women in general. Okay. Um, and that, um, and then get to a breaking point, and then it's anger or isolation, withdrawal. Okay. All normal reactions. Yes. All normal reactions. And so it's kind of being able to still come back to each other and go, okay, what just happened here? Okay. And, and so let's talk through this. So reconnect. you're almost saying, if I'm hearing what you're saying and in, in the way I'm interpreting it, you're almost saying it's, it's best if both parties are higher on the self-awareness scale. That helps everybody. I think that Which helps everybody anyway. That's a general truism in life, right? Yes. That it, the more I'm aware of me and my needs and my state of things, the more I'm likely to be better to be around exactly. <laughs> and engaged in life and, 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 and involved in things. But there's also ways a spouse that's watching what's going on and yes. being uh, a part of it and also uh, fallout have to deal with of it and all of that. There's better ways they could bring it up to say, hold on. How, it, it seems like this. And this is where I kind of think of it through the lens of, I need to talk about the process, not what's going on within it. Because don't we want sometimes come at things like the emailer's talking about how do I, he even asks pointedly in the question, how do I bring up this idea with my wife when she's already got so many other things on her plate, which that's out of care and compassion. Right. Right. It's like, I don't want to add one more thing. I don't want to be the 5,000th thing to have to do, mm -hmm. but 
I want to be the 5,000th thing to do, right? So it's that dilemma, but you could say it in a better way that's sure. like, hey, it seems like I'm noticing you've kind of, you've kind of been distant for a while. Are you okay? Is there anything I can do? Can I help without anything? Can I help out with anything? What Here's where I am. Yes. Here's, I like, I really like that. Here's where I am. What can we do to reconnect? And I think, I think sex plays a big role in comfort okay. and uh, working through times of sorrow. Okay. When we have a partner that we can turn to who can hold us. Mm-hmm. And when we are in whatever stage of grief it is, especially in those stages of grief that are where you're depressed, you're sad, mm-hmm. you're lonely, and you can and you realize, okay, I'm feeling lonely. I'm feeling really sad. I really miss, uh, in the case of the loss of a loved one, mm-hmm. I really miss this person mm-hmm. to recognize, okay, what do I need to do in order to seek comfort? Yeah. And, and turning to your spouse and saying, you know, I, I could use some comforting. And your spouse saying, I could use some comfort too. <laughs> okay. And so, and it's- then... And reconnecting sexually can be a very okay. powerful and beautiful thing and something that I want couples to give themselves permission to do. Exactly. And I, I agree with that because I think that means we're trying to redefine the sex that we're, we're doing and participating in that moment. That it's not necessarily about, okay, how's the performance? What's the depth? Are there chandeliers and stars and everything involved instead exactly. it's it's more tender yes maybe it's this and this is where the phrase i like and you and i've talked about this in the past of this is a chance when we're talking about being raw like that we actually get to experience the sweetness of each other mm-hmm. and that's so intimate it really really yes. is that it's it's a tenderness it's a it's a, I see you. It's a, yes. I'm with you. It's a presence that's not focused on where does this end. It's focused on the entirety of the experience. Yes. yes. And I think that's a huge different definition of the sex. I agree. That we're talking about. That then lends itself to the comfort. Yes. Or the edification or the enhancement of life. And what comes to my mind here in you talk is when, when Pam and I went through what went on with with my father-in-law as life kind of got back to an established rhythm and she uh, stayed really involved with mom she at some point in it shifted and said I need to make sure I'm engaged with what I've got because it's not promised forever right that facing mortality (laughs) exactly Exactly. Just, I think part of the grieving process as well. In this world, we're going to have trouble. Yes, we are. And we are going to die. And the people that we love are going to die. Mm-hmm. And so there's that acceptance there and, and learning to be mindful in the moment, if you will. And that's what's so interesting, Elise. And let's kind of land there as we kind of start landing this whole ship, okay? Okay. <laughs> that, that, um, that's a whole different dynamic of sex, that we're talking about and proposing here, because what we're saying is in the middle of a sexual encounter with our mate, it's very possible mortality could come into my mind of like, cause it's, 
it's not like we just constantly lose ourselves, which I would think part of sex could be a good escape from everything too. It's kind of like it reminds us of what we've got. It reminds us of what's carried us through and it can be a confirming of that. Absolutely. But I would think, and I'm going to speak for you here, so tell me if I'm wrong, but I would think even in the midst of sex, if one person all of a sudden, they just start crying because it's actually grief in the middle of sex, that could actually be digested and turned into the sexual encounter. And it's not erotic, but it's real. I think that, I think those are some of the moments that, speaking personally, that we've had that have been uh, relationship changing for us. Yeah. There's that level of intimacy. Yeah. That level of gratitude and love that occur in those moments. Mm -hmm. Because that's what what you would call a moment of meaning and a moment of meeting where it's the essence of you meeting the essence of your mate and just being there with each other. Yes. And it doesn't matter if it's, because I think we can have this on all ends of the spectrum, couldn't you? I mean, we have moments of meaning when we're both in good moods and both everything's going well in life. But in this instance, it's the same thing if we can be real in who we are in that presence of them and share that together. I agree. And it, it seems like such a paradox because exactly. it's coming at such a time of intense pain. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, a, confl- a conflicted emotion of intense joy and love for that moment. And that can be, and I think sometimes if you don't understand that that could be part of it and that that's very normal, mm-hmm. you might feel guilty afterwards. And and really, I, I would just encourage um, your listeners to embrace that moment. Okay. Yeah, because, I mean, if one thing you've already said, and let's just kind of end it with this. There's the, one thing that we, we have to realize is there's, there's not a rules to this in the sense of this is the way it's supposed exactly. to happen. There's no edicts. No one, there's no one right way. <laughs> Right. To try to go through times right. of grieving, seasons of grief. Right. But but we have to realize we've got to go through them. Yes. Because they're going to be a reality of our life. And if we're dealing with life on life terms and relationships on relationship terms, it's going to happen. I believe so. Okay. So the best thing I can do is be able to look at it and go, all right, this is where I am. This is where you are. How do we maintain a connection and ourselves through it all? Yes. And then you will get through to the other side. Yes. We did. Mm-hmm. We will again. Mm-hmm. Because we will have more sorrow in our life. Yes, we will. Okay. Well, Elise, I have to say thank you. Thank you. It's for joining my, me. It's been my honor. <laughs> this has been fun. I don't know if fun's the right word. It's been enlightening. But this is something that needs to be talked about. So we might at a different time have a a topic where we can be a little more lighter. But this was enlightening today for me as well. Well done on how you phrased that. Well, this has been Sexy Merge Radio. Um, I have to say thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. And if this is something that is in your world as you're sitting here listening to this or you're out in the audience hearing this and this is in your world right here and now it's our prayer of a blessing of presence of God to you and I hope you feel that and I hope you see that you're not alone in this 
that there's resources available, there's processes that you can go through, and you got people alongside you, hopefully, that will walk through this with you. So wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, I have to say thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. And we hope to see you next time.